I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Welcome to this episode of Very Unreasonable Things, where we're continuing our conversation about the icons of horror. Would you want to call them this episode, Daniel? I like the Filthy Four. The Filthy Four this one, this week. Yeah. Josh, how you feel about that? Yeah, we can roll with it. All right. So, hey, I'm Billy Bone. Okay, I've got two other hosts who apparently don't pick up on cues. So Daniel Sanders and Josh Lindsay are both here. I was going to let Josh go. We're going to continue. I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) We're going to continue talking about these movies. So, Friday 13th, part two, 1981. 87 minutes long. Saw a change in director. We went from. Sean Cunningham to Steve Miner, which I think might be the, I guess maybe the, like to me, the single biggest upgrade for the franchise. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> that 87 minutes, that's a, uh, that's a hard 87 minutes. Cause there was like six minutes of the first movie tacked on to the start of this one. Yeah. Yeah. They like doing that, man. They yeah they they definitely were um, and um, you know what I can't say that it wasn't for the best honestly it it could have been another six minutes of BS or something so we went from Sean Cunningham to Steve Miner which you know I think we all just said was a, a big upgrade I think Steve Miner's involvement in this movie and in the next movie you know were huge. Um, this one was written by Ron Kurtz. We had Amy Steele taken over as the final girl who played Jenny Fields, who was also an April, April Fool's Day. Uh, John, is this Furry? Fury? Furry? Fury, I think. Fury? That sounds better than Furry. I'm sure it's Furry, <laughs> but he likes for people to. I, I would re- I would request people call me Fury also. Yeah. Like, hey, Furry. No, no, no. Fury. Sounds more badass. Uh, play Paul Holt. Uh, movie, movie had a budget of one point two five million. Brought in twenty one point seven million. That's a nice return. Yeah. So, Sean Cunningham didn't want the movie. He just wanted to exploit the title of Friday the Thirteenth. He had no interest in like the Jason character. You know, we've talked about this. Yeah, the the last episode where we talked about Friday Thirteenth, you know, Sean Cunningham was just there for a buck. It was uh, Phil Scuderi who wanted the movie to be about Jason. Um, Steve Miner believed in Phil's idea. Victor Miller, you know, who ironically went to war with Sean Cunningham years later over the rights to Friday Thirteenth and Jason and all that, didn't like the idea of Jason either. He wa- he wanted it to be like an anthology movie, like Sean Cunningham wanted. So the two guys that 
didn't want to have anything to do with Jason or the ones end up fighting over it later on. Oh yeah. They were like, it was, they didn't realize the goose laid golden eggs a few times. And then you know essentially I mean? fought <laughs> over oh, it though. Wait, so they could still here. stop the golden eggs. Yeah. Like I said, there's only a few in there. Rest of started getting a little shit colored. <laughs> well, even now with like just the, the content being stopped, you know, we don't, we don't get anything new. We don't, you know, we haven't had a movie in forever when, you know, at a time when Hollywood has seemingly no original ideas, we can't even get a new Friday the 13th movie, which seems like it shouldn't cost anything to make. You got fans out there making them and putting them up and apparently you're getting good responses, but we can't get a studio to make one. Yeah, exactly. Cause some of those fan films are pretty cool. Cause two grown ass men can't figure out how to split the money. Yeah, yeah that's like a, a bickering ex couple. That's a fucking bummer for the fans, isn't it? It is. Just because, I mean, <clears throat> as as we get further along in this uh, anthology, like I don't know of a, a simpler formula than Friday Thirteenth, and that you could go in and just give an upstart director. Four million dollars, and they could probably, if they were a fan, produce something that's fucking halfway decent. Yeah, but it's you know, it is what it is, and uh, it's a fucking shame, really. But but can we talk about Steve Miner though? Yeah, I just he's. We can. One more thing just about this, because I just I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Right? Some money's better than no money, right? If I if I told you and Daniel that I could I'd give you a dollar and then y'all had to figure out how to split it, wouldn't you at least want the money and then fucking figure out how to divide it? As opposed to neither of y'all getting anything. Oh, dollar's such a bad example. But oh, I'm great. sorry I didn't use millions, Josh. You could have used twenty dollars. You took us. Okay, chose a dollar. Okay, I, I see you're in the camp of Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham. Daniel would have took that dollar. <laughs> I would have done everything in my power and withheld whatever I had to to get the entire dollar. That was the point <laughs> I was going to say. Josh isn't getting the fucking cent of this shit. But yeah, tell. Let's talk about Steve Miner. I mean, this motherfucker is. Uh, he was a workman director, but he's he's got some fucking credits under his belt. And this was his first foray into directing. You know, he was like a Sean S. Cunningham. Uh, I don't want to use the term lackey, but, you know, he was just like his underling. Yeah. yeah. And he got the chance to direct. And, you know, before we get into the movie, just... From the opening three minutes, you can tell that he is so much better. Well, hey, you were talking Cunningham with the camera. Yeah. Well, you were talking about his credits. Um, I've got some written down, but I'm sure you know them too. Run some of them off real quick. Uh, he did Lake Placid, mm-hmm. uh, H2O. Yep. He did uh, the new house. 
The new house. He did do the house. new house. Yeah, he's That's what I meant. His house is sling. <laughs> he did, obviously, the next Friday. He, he did Dawson's Creek pilot. Okay. Well, I mean, he also did. Hey, he also did War. That was the 90s phenomenon. He also did Warlock. I don't know if y'all ever watched that with Julian Sands. Yeah. I yeah. Did he did Warlock. Warlock. I liked Warlock. At least the first two. Yeah. I think he um, did Soul Man, which. I guess uh, we try not to remember. <laughs> um, he's done. Is there is there any more that you got written down? No, I just wrote down the horror movies actually for this one. It's, yeah, because he's but his his horror movies that he did, and you compare him to Cunningham's or just any of his movies he did after, you know. Like when you compare him and Cunningham side by side, it's no contest. Oh no! And I, and I love how like the continuation from the last podcast to this podcast of shitting on Sean Cunningham. I figured we would drizzle the shit throughout, but no, it's full on diarrhea. Well, Cunningham's face. So it's going to be the first thirty minutes of each, each episode. Yeah, each Friday thirteenth episode is going to be this. But no, I mean like. They they partnered up together for House, but it was with Minor directing. And I remember enjoying the movie House. I also, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I, you know, I just maybe remembering it, you know, with like rose colored glasses. But I remember enjoying House too, which is I know is not like Steve Minor. I just remember the fucking little caterpillar monster or whatever in that movie, and like the uh, prospector. That was yeah. like a skeleton or some shit. Yeah. I've watched both of those recently. I, I tend to put them on in the background. Uh, House 2 is... It's not horror, is it? No, it's not at all. Even it's though it comedy. Get, I was going to say, even though I always thought of it as like, a, like some kind of fancy comedy or something like that. It is, yeah. As opposed to horror, even though it pops up on like horror movie suggestions. Even though the first house barely fucking straddles that line between horror and comedy, because it that movie is it, I enjoyed it, but it's it's got its flaws, but it's still fun, but it's nowhere scary. I haven't seen the house movies in a very long time. Oh, I thought you were going to say you hadn't seen them. About to push you off of this uh, futon, make a lot of noise <laughs> onto the floor and just Not start food with the time. Start kicking the shit out of you. Who? Well, who was the actor in House? Well, uh, William Cat. Okay, yeah, yeah. Did you? And I, I guess this question is for Bone because I don't think Daniel has it. Uh, did you read up any from Camp Crystal Lake Memories book about? This particular chapter, yeah, I, I looked at some of it. Um, that's where I got the little tidbits about whose idea was what and who didn't want to do what. Yeah, Phil Scuderi, like the Boston Money Man. Yeah, he came up with a lot of the kills. Like, well, that's why he's the Money Man. He he knew what would make money. Y- yeah, thank God they didn't leave it in the hands of fucking Cunningham. And then you got a uh, Frank Mancuso uh, Jr. Right. Yeah, he, he came he in. Makes- yeah, he come in. I mean, and 
I don't, you know, I don't know how it was with him on set or anything like that, but I do know that like when he came in and when he was pretty active, these movies seemed to peak. Yeah, yep. he took a step back in part five, and I don't know if y'all know this, but you can kind of tell. Yeah, you can definitely part five is a soft corner porn almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that's uh, like soft core. Well, it's a, it's like a, it's closer to like a porn movie trying to play as a, a movie. So, like, hey, let's make it like here's a horror porn. Yeah. Well, it, you know, God bless it when we get to it. Like, I'll, I'll defend it, but it is, it's even shot like a softcore porn. Just like the colors, yeah. the lighting, the bright light. <laughs> I mean, when USA had to edit it for TV, it was, it was like, like five minutes. No, it was like 38. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like watching a sitcom. Like, all right. Yeah. So I, I know that, yeah, well, you, at the, well, shit, Josh. We're about to jump into the movie, and we gotta we gotta get the rundown. We do. Yeah. What's this movie about? Yeah. On a June night in 1980, Friday, the 13th, 12 of her friends were murdered. Why should Friday, the 13th, 1981, be any different? Friday. The 13th, part two. The body count continues. The day you count on for terror is not over. Friday, the 13th, part two. Friday the 13th, part two, colon, addition by subtraction. Gone are Victor Miller, Sean S. Cunningham, and Pamela Voorhees, or better known as, hey lady, maybe try therapy first before we just go full fucking ham on unsuspecting teenagers. Exactly. Enter Jason Voorhees, the inbred hipster who returns to his old haunt after supposedly drowning years ago, because apparently this backwards blowhard doesn't know how to doggy paddle. Hey, Michael Phelps, if you're not a very strong swimmer, how about we stay in the shallow end of the lake, okay? But before Jason can introduce himself to the new badge of horny rule-breaking young adults, Jason first has to make his acquaintance with his late mother's second greatest nemesis, behind only personal responsibility, of course, Alice. And when this swamp simp is guided by the hand of God to Alice's house in the suburbs... Because in my head, canon, God really, really fucking hates Alice. He achieves what his mother couldn't, maturation, when he removes the teapot from the stove after killing Alice. Because let's face it, if this was Pamela Voorhees, she would have burned down the house and then blamed Alice for trying to put her life back together the only way she knew how. After the movie disposes of Alice and washes away the final remnants of the stink of the first movie... Jason trips and stumbles and trips his way back to Camp Crystal Lake. Of course, I'm assuming he's clumsy. Because Jason thinks two eye holes in his burlap sack is for pussies and he ain't got time for that weak shit. But oh, lucky day. Fresh meat is waiting for Jason when he returns to his shack in the woods. A shack that does have a toilet, mind you, but it's definitely not hooked up to any plumbing whatsoever. 
But what Jason lacks in home decor, he more than makes up for when it comes to sending young souls to the by and by. Yeah, he figures he figures out how to do that and gets pretty good at it. But I think that in that synopsis, you might have helped me realize something. Maybe. Just hear me out. That Pamela used to waterboard Jason <laughs> whenever he would fuck up at the house. Like you said, the, the tea was hot, the water at least. He had to take that off. Because four seconds of that too much in Pamela's house. And he was getting waterboarded. The reason I choose waterboarding is because maybe he tripped and fell into the lake. And then, you know, started panicking, shock, you know, freaking out and drowns. It was all Pamela's fault. And because she was peeking in on the people fucking, you know, instead of watching her kids. Well, she was, you know, Pamela was like a world-renowned chef. I mean, we see her house and... Jason goes to hell and you weren't making that just by fucking dumping pork and beans into somebody's bowl. So obviously Camp Crystal Lake spent their entire budget on uh, the cooking because it wasn't on fucking targets. We saw that shit in part one also. Yes. It wasn't anything else. They had to repair everything, but she was busy cooking gourmet meals for these ungrateful little shits who couldn't be bothered to watch their son, watch our son. Do we, do we really exactly. think that she wasn't, just involved in other illegal activity. She probably wasn't even that good of a cook. She beat Bobby Flay. I don't know what you're talking about. Who's Bobby Flay? Don't act like you don't know who Bobby Flay is. I think it was a famous school. He's a a pretty good cook. Cafeteria worker. I know I'm not the only fucker that's uh, had their significant other have them watch it. Um, Iron Chef. No, I've never. I don't. I don't know what he looks like. I know that the name is tied to cooking. That's all I know. Yeah. And then he had a show called Beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that'll do it. If you watch, you know, those shows. We should do a Bobby Flay podcast. We should. Uh, he'd probably come on and do and beat us at it. I mean, that's what Bobby Flay does. I mean, probably so. Just beat you at your shit. So, yeah, you had mentioned it earlier, though. You get the, the quick little recap of the previous movie. Um, I, well, I say quick. quick. Re- yeah, I was going to say it seems little. like the, the last fucking act. And then you get the, the kind of drawn out kill sequence of. Um, Alice. Pamela. Oh, Alice. Yeah. After the, when, you know, and Alice, like, maybe, maybe I'm the only one. What, what did you think about Alice's house? Cause I was trying to figure it out. I was just trying to figure out like, is, does she have like, cause it looks like it's two stories, right? Is that entire thing hers? Or, oh, yeah. or is she renting like a floor or what the fuck's going on with this? And you know, like, how much money does she have? She's not with her parents because her mom calls. So I'm just trying to figure out like, you want to talk about somebody having ties to something. I think Alice's family might've had mob ties. 
Maybe. I think you're just seeing it all wrong, man. This is 1980. Like, you can afford that type of shit with a part-time job. Well, and also, you know, you got to think about it. It's it's not Carthage, Mississippi. Oh, yeah, Josh, look. Ripping the Carthage Tiger I shirt. That. I dug it. I, dug I the love it. Of it. But anyway, you're not talking you about small-town Mississippi. Huh? Did you get that made? Uh, there was someone selling them. Uh, they, they put out something on social media, and uh, it, they were selling them at the East Main grocery store. And Courtney saw something about it, and she got two of these and a hoodie. The hoodie's awesome. One. I love it. No shit. I would have loved one. Yeah, but If she sees one again, tell her to, I mean, I don't know when she's near East Main, but. Yeah. But apparently it's something they do because they did like all of those schools in that area, like five of them. They did South Lake, Carthage, Kosciuszko, Edinburgh, and maybe somebody else. I'm not sure. Might have just I think there was a the Thomastown. Yeah, yeah, there was a Thomastown Attendance Center. Yeah. That was they had the like one. five people graduate from it a year. Yeah. They wouldn't make a lot of yeah, money on those shirts. smallest school. <laughs> you only need to make yeah, like I five shirts. Sat down. Fucking, yeah, I love that shirt. Uh, but anyway, you're not in else? small town Carthage. You're up north where they'll have houses that have been split up to apartments. So I'm sure. Well, that's, that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, was it like a, an apartment? Like, yeah. She like, was, was this like a, a two story building or whatever? Because at first I thought maybe she was sharing it with somebody. Or maybe it was like one of those uh, places that has like a, a community room and like a shared bathroom and shit. Like one of those types of apartments where you're just renting a room. But yeah. she's walking through that house. You no, know, she walks through it like she owns it. Yeah, you know. Um, and then she like goes no clothes to, like, and shit to the kitchen. Yeah, and you see her artwork, which I must say, the artwork looked pretty good actually. I think the actress Adrian King is actually an artist in real life, so maybe it was her own artwork. But before we dive into that, how, how many times have y'all motherfuckers seen this movie? I don't know. I mean. How many times are you taking a shit? You've seen it that much? I've seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot too, but to put a number like on in, it. In, compare, in, in comparison to the other movies in this franchise. Um, not as much as three, four, or six, but not far behind. See, I'm more two, three, four. So whenever I do watch a little chunk... I'm usually watching those. So I'd have to say if it's not over 30, it would have to be close. But yeah. in comparison, I'd say two, two to one. I, I couldn't put a number like on how many times I've seen like the, the two through six minus five. Um, but I could tell you like the ones that come after that, like Jason goes to hell. I've seen less than five times. Why did and, you say let, uh, minus? Because I don't watch five all the time. Uh, Was that? Because it's not as good. If it was because it was Jason, wasn't it? No, so you no, didn't I, count it. I don't have a no. So there's no, my fucking Halloween three. No, shit. unlike no, yeah, no, no, unlike no, the way no, you no. shit on Halloween three. No, I, it's not that. It's just it's not as good as those. Uh, Bone hates titties. That's it. <laughs> it hates yeah, I mean when they pop up in these other ones, I just you know. 
fucking edit it out. Like, nope, not on my copy. My VHS tapes, you, you just put the tape over it, hit record. Yeah. So when you not watch on my it, watch. you just have like blank spots. But um, yeah, I just, I, I, I can tell you like the ones I don't like coming, you know. Um, but like when we're, when we're in the uh, scene where she's at her, her home or fucking apartment or whatever the fuck it is or however it's going on, she gets a call from Jason. I know. Yeah. So, so weird. when did this fucker learn to use a phone? And where is there a phone near her house to where he could be there at a drop of a hat? Right. Like, is exactly. there a pay phone? So if like in suburbia, if he was using the phone, then that would stand to reason that he learned to read. Yeah. True. At that. some point. But I did or, see a can on a string in his shack at the end. So that may be what he used too. I don't know or it was Alice's mom calling back, hoping that she got the roommate so she could shit talk Alice behind her back. Or maybe Alice answered shit. shit her up. mom was the stalker Alice, the whole time. Alice may have a like a male roommate, and uh, Alice's mom is just having fucking phone sex. Yeah. I think you're thinking of part five again. <laughs> and that wouldn't have been phone sex. That had just been straight up sex. Yeah. But yeah, so the opening though, but like from the recap of the first movie through this little segment here is 12 minutes. And the one thing that should have took like a second to happen or well, it should have took a minute or so to happen actually happened like that. And that water was fucking boiling like a drop of a dime. Which I guess, you know, hey, we don't need to watch the water boil like we watched uh, the popcorn cook in another movie or things like that. But I don't know. Just, also, Sean asked Cunningham, he would have just yeah. kept the camera on it and just let Harry Manfredini do the rest of the work with the music. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 12 minutes of this, you know, to get to get to the movie proper, I guess. So this one, uh, um, filmed in Connecticut. So still relatively close to Jersey, not far. Yeah, it's up there. 165 miles. I wrote it down. Three hours and 15 minutes if you're driving. Even like this, you're talking about the suburban or even the the, uh, the movie? I just said it was filmed, filmed in Connecticut. Okay. So, which, so at least you still kind of get that northeastern look, right? Which. Oh, yeah, feeling. that goes away next movie completely. Yeah. Well, it's even then, it's still better than the remake when we get to where we're filming in Texas. And it just looks like fucking Texas. So, um, still, well, I, I still appreciate the fact that it's still somewhat in the Northeast. Well, part six and seven's in the South. Yeah. But- That's correct. They, what they should have done was, if, you know, it would have been a dead giveaway. Um, for a movie filmed in the South, like a Friday 13th filmed in the South, is if there had been a Friday 13th that had kudzu vine just all over the place. That had what? Yeah. Kudzu vine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never watch uh, King of the Hill? The kudzu vines strangling our beloved Dixie. Jeez. Is that where they go to Louisiana? <laughs> yeah, to see Bill's family. <laughs> I do believe I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> but, I mean, Jesus. That Friday 13th remake, 
I mean, they did everything in their power to to prove that this shit wasn't in New Jersey. Like everybody's like a quote unquote fucking hick. That's not the teenagers. Yeah. I mean, it is it is gratuitous in terms of <laughs> I mean it Jesus, that movie looks so much like same director, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 03. So I've got, I've got two things I need you to the the Clarify for me. So, um, I guess we'll go with the first one because you've you've criticized Jason's attire in other movies. How do you feel about the overalls in this movie and the flannel? <laughs> look, I dig the look. I would fucking wear that shit. It is not scary though. No, like I mean, it's not very intimidating. And I, I, I know we've no. we've all agreed, like the bag is fine. You know, we all like that. And obviously everybody likes the hockey mask when it pops up, man. But dude, the fuck I don't know, like the flannel and overalls just kinda of pull it out for me. I'm just like, ah. No, I wrote that in my notes. It's I'm like, like, this shit is not scary. And just we're like, Bob, is that you? I saw you in your tractor earlier. I know that flannel anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because it's like whenever they were thinking about what form to wear, it's like, well, all we really got is these overalls yeah. and this final shirt. Try that on. And then they're like thinking, ah, we'll put the bag on the head and let's look at it total, the total costume. And they're like, something's just not right. And it's like, all right, well, just unhook one side. Make them look a little, <laughs> you know, a little rambunctious. Little, uh, Roughed up, I guess. That works. Sean S. Cunningham had left a gym bag from the previous shoot. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck it. Let's just have his personal clothes. All right. Here's the other thing I need you to do because, you know, at some point we got to tie it back to The Simpsons or Seinfeld. Uh, it's like six degrees of Seinfeld, man. Connect this movie to Seinfeld. <laughs> You know, I bet you, um, because again, they're still pulling from this, um, this like New York theater scene talent for these actors because they haven't gone out west to Hollywood. I bet you, like, obviously we can't do it now, but I I bet you it wouldn't be impossible. You know, I feel like that through Steve Miner, there might be a quick connection just because, like, you know, he did House, and House had, uh, aside from uh, William Cap, it also had Richard Ball. Ball. It also had George Went from yeah. Cheers. So there's got, oh, there it is. That's it. George Went met George Costanza backstage tonight show. Now, here we go. So there it is. That was less than six degrees. Bam. Podcast nice. over. Jesus. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> it's a fucking blur, man. <laughs> it was a blur. It blew my fucking mind. You know, and I, I just kind of, honestly, I just kind of said it jokingly, but I didn't. And we, yeah, we did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a lot. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. And I did nothing. <laughs> and I want to say that we might be the first podcast ever in the history of podcasts to do that. 
Like Friday Thirteenth Part Two to Seinfeld. That should just be yeah, no, every right. episode going forward. We just pick a movie and then. I mean, we need a goddamn Peabody for that. And then get like the Seinfeld ties. You know, well, how does this connect to fucking Seinfeld? That's true. Um, the cat, the cast of the movie. To me, I I think the cast, this cast, has more character than the previous Definitely. movie. Um, I like. I know the first movie had Kevin Bacon, but Kevin Bacon's character didn't have character. It was just fucking Kevin Bacon, and the only people remember reason people remember that is because it was Kevin Bacon. If that was some other actor that didn't do shit later on, nobody cared. Just like all of the other yeah actors and actresses, but like, in dude, the movie. like, there's characters in this movie you remember. Um, Cause you um, and I'm gonna fucking remember. I'm gonna forget the names until y'all remind me. But uh, the guy in the wheelchair, Mark, uh, Mark, Mark. Um, even like the the little the blonde headed guy, you know, that had like the little hat, you know, that had his yeah. truck towed at the very beginning. That dude, and then the guy that had his truck towed, who actually got to live because he stayed at the bar to get drunk. Oh, Ned, right, dude? Yeah, sure yeah. I mean, like. These characters all—they were all more memorable than like any of the characters in the first one, other than Alice, and and with Alice is just because she's the first girl in the first movie, kind of thing, right? And it, yeah, it's funny because it's not like this movie set out to give each of these characters a scene. Yeah, you know, they just—they're better written, they're better fleshed they're out. Just, yeah, better fleshed out, and it's. And it wasn't like it was hard because it's only an 87 minute movie. No, 87 minus what? 12. 12. Because none of these characters come in until after that first 12 minute opening block. Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at, I don't know, what's that math? Bone, help me out. Uh, 75 minutes. 75 minutes. And some of them, you know, obviously don't. That's assuming that they all lived to final credits, which we know doesn't happen. So. I mean, yeah, it's. I, do you have a favorite character? Um, it's not Jenny. Jenny is. Jenny's not people. She's not my favorite amongst, character. Well, I'm just saying, most people amongst the Friday fans, um, Jenny is the. Uh, most beloved final girl. Would you agree with that? Nope. Um, no, not not at all. I, I don't think so. Not not for me, anyways. Uh, my favorite final girl would probably be um, Chrissy. That's her name, right? Chrissy from Part Three. Chris. Chris. Chrissy. Chris. I think it's just Chris, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of the uh, video game where they called her Chrissy, the old NES game. I don't know. But yeah, anyways, the one from part three is probably my favorite. And I don't know. I don't know why when like now that you ask it and compare the two. I mean, I think it's just because I prefer part three over part two. So. You know, I get that. I really do. Uh, because... Chris 
is technically, I'll have to go back and check for the other franchises we're doing. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a big blonde spot for me with a lot of those. But Chris is technically the last final girl in the entire franchise in terms of final girl. Oh, and being a sole survivor? Yep. Well, we, Everything, everyone else. And even this one, uh, obviously we'll get there. Jenny, uh, I don't know what what y'all think, but uh, Paul lives at the end. Yeah, Paul's alive. He's yeah. a, he, he's a he, hero. Even in part three, they, they announced the death toll at the very beginning on the news report. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Paul is not uh, one of those numbers. So outside of Alice and Chris from here on out, well, we're talking about part three now, God damn it. But yeah, it's um, Chris was the last soul final girl. Here's my thought on Paul. And then I want to hear, then I, I want to hear y'all's thoughts on your favorite final girls or final. Well, maybe not even necessarily final girl, but just survivor. But Here's my thought on Paul, because I may forget it when he comes around to it later. Is over the course of the movie, Paul wised the fuck up and realized that Jenny was no good for him. You know, he'd been, you know, fucking trying to chase Jenny around and, you know, be with her and all this. And then his fucking madman shows up and, you know, he tries to do the good thing and save her. And what does he get first troubles? And we don't know that Paul ever even got any. And then Paul was just finally like, at one point, oh, dude, she's passed out. She's alive. This fucking flannel-wearing sack kid, hillbilly's dead. Let me sneak the fuck out before she wakes up so I don't have to deal with this shit anymore. And he bells. And then he, my theory is, is he went to Alabama, but the franchise followed him. That's a good point. <laughs> Wait, what? You lost me. <laughs> You lost me it. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I don't know how you got lost. Paul just realized how downhill his life went, how how far downhill his life went in the course of one fucking day. Yeah. And realized this was all Jenny's fault, and he left when she was passed out after uh, the showdown. And, you know, she woke up, and she's like, where's Paul? Where's Paul? Paul was in his fucking truck heading down whatever oh, interstate yeah, Paul. and drove to Alabama to escape the fucking Friday the 13th franchise. And then they GTFO'd followed him out of there. Yeah. Because his girlfriend was menstruating and she wouldn't give it up to him. Yeah. Well, and that because she had fucking sack headed hillbillies trying to kill him. It is yeah, funny. Paul got lucky on that one. He did. Jason really don't oh, fuck very up much so. much later on in this franchise, but he fucked up with Paul. He did. Yeah. yeah. Paul got the fuck out. And it's crazy. Well, now I'm talking about that, but it's just one of the things was funny that he saves Jenny. And then all she does is say, Paul, 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 like waiting for him to like answer. And it's like, she's watching and there's a spear laying on the ground. She could pick him up and poke him. So who was your favorite final girl? You know, uh, I would say probably Jenny Chris is uh, is a close second though. Again, we'll get to it, but in part three, like she's 
she's kind of a lame duck up until it it's just her and Jason. And then you're like, oh, this girl, she's got it. You know, like she she's got Moxie and she she fends off Jason. But Jenny, uh I don't know, Jenny um very likable. You know? She's heady as well, like Chris is. Um, she outsmarts Jason, which apparently is damn near impossible in all these movies, even though he's. Well, he's self-taught. A, he learned how to read on his own. He's a genius. I don't know where this mongoloid shit come from. Obviously, this man is like fucking Einstein. He is doing pretty good for himself. Having to learn it all on his own. Yeah. Fucking learned how to build a shack, you know, somehow get a somewhat. I'm assuming the toilet somewhat works because it wasn't just backed up with shit 10 feet high. I think he takes it out there and dumps it. I think he shits in the toilet. Just picks up the whole thing. Picks it up with his fucking Bayou Billy strength. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dumps it out back. But I mean, he seems to know how to do it, you know. We we people always make a lot about like how did Michael Myers learn how to drive? That's more plausible than the fact that Jason could use a fucking phone. Yeah. Again, again, that was Alice's mom. Really hoping Alice didn't answer the phone. I, <laughs> that was not Jason Voorhees. And apparently, this dude was able to find out where this woman lived. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. God hates Alice. He was driven there by the hand of God. So Jason is like God's redeemer then. No, no, no. God just just fucking hates Alice. And he's like, I'm just going to send an angel to Jason Voorhees. And if I have to hear her whine anymore about putting her life back together any way she knows how. I'm telling you, God was done with Alice. Daniel, so, who was your, hey, who was your favorite? Any of them demon worms left back there? All right, cool. Yeah, bring it down and put it in that guy. <laughs> <laughs> who was your favorite final girl, Daniel? Me, Corey Feldman. It was yeah. It was a uh, toss up. Um, because two is one of my favorites. You know, two, three, and four. I really like as yeah. a group. So it's going to be between those three. But uh, I think that I like, it's fucked up. Didn't know this question was coming. I'd have done some homework if I knew I needed to. I forget the bitch's name. But the final guard from four. From four. Which really, well, you know, really isn't a fair question. From because which one? He said four. It's not a fair question Trish. because, uh, like, it's only in those first three movies, though, where it's, like, only females being like the primary protagonist, right? Because once you get to like the Tommy Jarvis run, like Tommy Jarvis is the main guy in two of the movies and he is in five, but he's, yeah. You know, it's a question of is he or isn't he the killer? But you know, it's, there's male characters that are technically, I mean, I know we use the phrase final girls for horror movies. So yeah, I mean, Corey Feldman would be one. He'd be a, Final girl, final person. Well, the thing is that what was making this work, and you could say Corey Feldman, because you were like, 
survivors. You change this to survivors because then that includes anyone who survived. Well, I'd say maybe just like primary protagonist. Yeah. And in that sense, I mean, I do like part six, Tommy Jarvis. Did you know her name? Do you you remember her name from four? He said Trish. Trish. That's it. I just liked her because she wasn't overly smart. And like fucking dude, overly. You know what? Stupid. We. Sh- no, I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, my bad. Oh, you're cool. I was, I was just saying she, she wasn't the go ahead the crazy dumb blonde, and she also wasn't Einstein. So <laughs> she was a regular person. Yeah, she was a regular, just a regular in chick. An extraordinary situation. What? A regular person, like an extraordinary situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I was going to say though is, I think this is a good conversation. I think we should actually. It's something that we could further flesh out, like when we get to the end of this run. You know, aside from just like ranking our movies, let's rank our survivors. Oh yeah, a survivor ranking would be cool. Yeah, because I mean, we're about to just sit here and do that right now, and we could just fucking do it, like do it all at once, and we can rank all the uh, survivors, heroes, whatever. I will say this though: when when people, I don't know what movie coined inspired the the coinage of the term final girl but it feels like that's a friday the 13th thing you know i know it goes it's a blanket statement for all slashers but it does feel like it's it's very centric to this particular franchise too though it does friday is the first thing you think of when you think of final girls yeah. Which, you know, it's probably more appropriate for like Halloween. Because I think Halloween has had more, it's been more female centric. Because even like Nightmare on Elm Street, like the very next movie focuses on the dude. Yeah. Old Jesse. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. That'd, that'll be a good one. Yeah, but I, I, I get what you're saying because I mean, yeah, when you think of Friday Thirteenth, yeah, you kind of think of like Final Girls. But once you yeah. get past like the first three, though, like I said, the next three, um, are kind of male driven. Well, five is five has a well, like always a, 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 a female at the forefront. But like I said, I, I consider like. That's like the Tommy Jarvis like trilogy or whatever, right? And and then with part seven, you go back to. And I think they did that on purpose, like to get back to like a final girl type thing. But she, but she has a a guy that lives the entire time too. There, yeah, but that's because she's a badass. Yeah, well, she's fucking Jean Grey. Yeah, <laughs> she fucking nails at Jason's head and stuff with her mind. Um, but since we were talking about Paul, let's go ahead and fucking put this out here too. Paul, right off the bat, is a much better fucking camp manager than Steve Christie ever was. Oh yes, very much so. Like you, when you see Paul, man, he's fucking running shit. He's delegating and getting tasks fucking going. And Steve Christie's like, um, 
You guys, uh, y'all, y'all do some shit. I'm going to disappear for the whole day and go fucking buy some supplies. Just, you know, make some progress or something while I'm gone. Yeah. Paul's like, hey, look, you're doing this. Here's your time frame. Let me know when you're done. I'm going to come follow up with you. Well, let's be honest. They both cracked that whip. Oh, yeah. There's shit to do at a camp. Can't fuck around. I mean, Paul was a hard ass. Even Stu mentioned that at the very beginning. When they were driving with, uh, what is that couple's name? That Jeff and Jeff, Jeff and something, something with an S. Sarah? No, Sally. Dude, I don't. Uh, <laughs> you fucking remember these names all the time. It's like you watch so many movies and they all run together. But yeah, Jeff. That's what I got written down. And also, dude, the the fucking – this is the other thing, man, and this just kind of goes back to what we talked about with, like, you know, the difference between Friday the 13th and then um, Sleepaway Camp. You know, Sleepaway Camp was a, an operating camp, you know, and it had camp activities and it had a yeah. staff. Like, this camp in Friday the 13th Part 2, because it's Pakanak, right? Yes, Everybody knows that. Well, not everybody. We know that because we played a lot of Friday the 13th game and fucking Pakanak Lodge. You don't want to get caught in that death trap. But, no. um, but like, they have a full fucking staff. And conveniently, they send, you know, like, the majority of them away to get drunk. So you don't have to, like, you can focus on having quality kills. Yeah. But it is a full staff. You feel like this is, like, an actual, like, going to be an operating camp, you know, with counselors and people to do stuff, not five fucking people that showed up and like, we're going to take these 50 kids into the wood and hopefully well, we all don't fucking die. Training. This yeah, seriously. Like they're about to open up a camp. This is just them training to be counselors. Well, they were still going to have a better fucking camp than crystal Lake. Although I don't know when oh, if Paul's running it, it's got to be like the camp from heavyweights. I just don't, the only thing I don't know is if this is counselor training and Crystal Lake was about to open up. I don't know when Paul planned on fucking opening his camp. Seems like it might have been after season. Well, maybe Paul probably doesn't know either. It's a just likes, it's a front. He just took the role so he could boss people around. Paul's actually got mob ties. He's that's just a front. So everyone has a mob ties. Everybody. Did y'all ever hear? I heard this on uh, Tell Him Steve Dave. When's the last time y'all listened to that? I've never listened to it. Never. Oh, you've never listened to Tell Him Steve Dave? Oh, anyways, I was listening to an episode recently um, just because it's like the individual people on there. I mean, I like the individual people. So, yeah. They were talking about these conspiracy conspiracy theories, and they're not like major conspiracy theories or anything like that. It was just like these minor ones, whatever. And you know most most conspiracy theories. I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I think they're for the most part just kind of BS. Um, but they had one that made sense, and it was about mattress firm. And have you ever noticed that, like, there would be a mattress firm here, and then across the street there's another mattress firm. Yeah, they usually have them in twos. Yeah. So, and then one of them on there it said that they had seen it where there was like one on. Uh, three corners one time, but the mattress business isn't, at least to my knowledge, isn't booming like that. When I went to buy my mattress, 
every store I went into when uh, we went into it was trying to cut a deal before we left. And finally, what we'd settled on was when we went to was like, hey, we're going to give you this like $2,600 mattress for $2,000. We're going to throw in these two $300 box springs for free. And then we're going to give you like a, a, a mattress cover. And then I was like, well, hey, can I do the financing? They're like, ah, you got to pay cash today to get this deal. And I'm like, ah, well, it's like, wait a minute. If I can get my manager to approve financing, will you do it? And I'm like, yeah. So if these people are making those kind of fucking deals to where they're just giving away all the margin, in my mind, the mattress business can't be booming like that, right? Yes. So the theory is, is these mattress firms were money laundering schemes for the mob. Oh, shit. So the mob literally went to the mattresses. Well, literally. (laughs) But why else would you need... And, and I'm not saying it's true or not, but I'm just saying in this sense, this one makes more sense than a lot of these other crazy conspiracy theories you hear. Yeah. Because if you're that desperate to make a deal for a mattress, why in the hell would you be opening up the exact same store across the road? Yes. Because it's not like it's a competitor. It's the same fucking company with the same fucking store. Yeah, because I was stuck in Houston for like an entire day. And you just went to mattress firms for work? No, no, no. But we had been talking about getting a new mattress, you know? Yeah. And it was going to be happening shortly. So Daniel wore the like, mattress out, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't need that confusion. Then anyway, you're so pure, Josh. I was stuck in Houston, and I went to one, and there was I thought that it was odd. That there was one across the street. Yeah, exactly. I didn't see it. I don't think that we see it here. Where there's there's one. there's in Flowood, there was I don't know if they shut one down, but there was one on one side of Lakeland, and there was another one on the other side. Oh, uh, okay. Not necessarily right across the street. How often are people getting new mattresses? Exactly. That's what I'm saying, dude. Not enough to justify the same fucking store on both sides of the road. You don't see KFC. No. Well, we'll use Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is always fucking packed, right? Everybody loves some Chick-fil-A. And they're probably the one business that can open up another one right across the road and be successful. And they don't do it. Yep. But you got mattress firm. Like, hmm. Because this intersection it. has four corners. I think we can put a store in every uh, corner. And Starbucks yeah. used to take that same business model. Well, Starbucks used to be fucking slammed also. But I've never known the mattress industry to be that busy. I haven't had Starbucks in a while. I miss it. All right. Speaking of mattresses, um, there's some fucking in this movie. Yep, and some stabbing through a mattress in this movie. So that's how we can we get back in there. I'll just circle back. Can we talk about how Terry, the uh, quote unquote, I mean she is the hot girl. How she's the bravest character I've ever seen in any movie. Oh, Ever. you're talking about... Okay, Terry, I got you. Just to go fucking swimming at night? Skinny dipping? Yeah. In a lake? Yeah. Not even a pool? Yeah. Yeah, we had um, we had 
touched briefly upon the prospect of alligators and shit. We was doing creature from the black lagoon. And we were talking about that time we went camping. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Drew decided he wanted to, uh, swing off of the rope swing. And he has Daniel yeah. and Daniel's like, fuck no. He's like, you don't see them alligators. But yeah, Terry's just like, you know what? I can't see. There might be snakes. There might be alligators. But I got to get in here butt-ass naked and fucking swim. Maybe she thought she could find muffin in there. I don't know. She gave up on the muffin search pretty quick. There was a fucking... Fuck it. Might as well skinny dip. Right? There was a (laughs) continuity error, though. Like, when she's walking towards the water the first time, her hair's wet. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Because I was going to ask you guys if you noticed it. I I did not, but... D-robes... And then the next cut where she's walking into the lake, she's uh, got but wet hair. They had talked about that on the documentary, though, because um, the guy playing Jason had said something about it, you know, because she, like, she'd gotten really cold. Yeah, they had to do it and, to take a lot, right? And he's like, like we got to finish this fucking scene. You know, the director kept saying, like, ah, we need to do it again. We need it again. And he was just like. You're thinking of part four. Is it part four? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the chick from Weird Science. Yeah, she that's gets what it was. Because yes. no. oh, that was the old Jason, too. No, no, it was like, part two. Because it no, was. That's part four. I'm pretty sure it was part two, also. Man, I've seen that documentary so many well, times. Well, if, if I'm wrong, we'll do a corrections on the next episode. I'll go back and review it because it, part two is the one that has the two Jasons. Yeah, and one of the guys again, if you if you if you read the book, because they don't really touch on it in the documentary, but like I was I was I was I haven't read the book, but I was flipping through the, I did read the chapter of part two, and like Warren Gillette gets credit as Jason, right? Mm-hmm. If you watch the documentary, they, you know, even one of the girls that got killed by him, she's like, yeah, he was my Jason. You read that book. And it's like he wasn't Jason. Like he had sold them a bill of goods about how he was a stunt man, and he wasn't. And so they brought in like Steve Dash, who just died. Like, yeah, yeah. He uh, a month ago. Damn. Which I don't. You're talking about that. I don't get that. Like, oh, the other guy was my Jason because only one of those Jasons got their fucking finger cut. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of them was legit doing stunts, and the other one was walking around in some overalls with a sack yeah. on his yeah. head. Well, in the book, man, like I think it was the guy who played Paul. He just, uh, he he just straight slammed Warren Gillette. He was like, "Yeah, I think he was like a blue blood from Connecticut, <laughs> you know, like from a well-to-do family," and he just bullshitted and his way on set because he wanted to be an actor like that they're throwing grenades at Warren Gillette in that book it's it's quite entertaining actually he slid right in there though didn't he he was like yeah I can do it I can do it trust me trust me he's saying like well look I don't know what the fuck I'm doing but I'm already here let's just get through this let me know what you want and I'll do it and then it gets the credit and years later it's funny. It's like from the book, he couldn't do one stunt. <laughs> so, 
So I want to circle back to Terry real quick, though, since we brought her up and we were talking about her. Like, aside from her, because um, I had that in my notes, too, you know, like, just like, fuck it. Danger be damned. You know, I'm going to swim. Muffin be damned. But that's also, what I, that's where my mind went. She just like, you know, she gets mad at the dude because he like takes her shit later. But when while she's swimming, but she just takes her fucking towel and throws it in the bushes. It wasn't like she was uh, like being careful. She she's like ah, psh, psh, just fucking tossing shit everywhere and and looking into the camera a lot. Uh, you know, I, she did look, that star making moment here. So it's a star making moment. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like, well, uh, we're going to get you to toss the towel towards this. Like you're just getting rid of it. But first you have to look directly at the camera. If you don't mind, you know, seems like that'd be some hard three stuff. I kind of dug that though. I kind of like every choice Steve Miner makes in this movie. Like I kind of like, like, that towel scene that you're talking about, it just, it's something because it could just be a, a boring scene of her walking off, you know, one. Yeah, I'm talking about her looking moment. into the camera, well, whatever actress this is. Yeah. She, uh, obviously she, she, she's not acting anymore, but like she, she doesn't talk about this movie. She doesn't go to conventions. That's crazy. She didn't participate in the documentary or the book. Yeah. She must be ashamed of the role doing like a full nudity thing, maybe. Well, you know, talking about people being ashamed, and I don't think we really touched on it in the previous episode. And, I, and, and I'm not an actor, so I don't know. Um, I don't, but in my mind, it's hard for me to be like, why would you be ashamed of horror movies? And I guess if you're trying to get like other roles, maybe they frown on that. But you know, Kevin Bacon for the longest time had like tried to act like, you know, being in Friday the 13th didn't fucking exist. And I feel like he didn't ever get that with like Johnny Depp. Like he talked about Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And because didn't you say, Josh, that Kevin Bacon like tried to say something else was like his first role? I don't. I thought it was you that I said, because like he would just credit a different movie as being like his first thing. But well, he was in uh, Animal House before. But no, I only think it was Animal House. I think it was like a different movie where he would try to say it was like his first role or something. But yeah, yeah I, I don't, he, I don't get that because like even Betsy Palmer like come around on it, you know, and she was established, and and she'd come yeah, around and the, did the convention scene and stuff and. Like was appreciative of the fans that you know would come up to her. R.I.P. Betsy Palmer, but there's a difference between Betsy Palmer and Kevin Bacon too about doing fan conventions. Well, I'm just saying, but I mean, but yeah, like she was upfront about like when she took the role, you know, she's like, I just did it because I wanted a car and stuff like that. But then she came to appreciate it. Like Kevin Bacon seemed like he ran from it for the longest time, and then like circles back to the horror genre. Thankfully, because I love Tremors. Yeah, I like He's, Tremors. You know, when he took the Tremors role, he thought his career was over. Yeah. Well, that's, and now he's like doing documentaries and he, he filmed a pilot. Yeah, he did. He did uh, that. You know, he did um, Stir of Echoes, which I remember enjoying. It's been a long time since I've seen it. 
Yeah, I like Sturvicus. Did Hollow Man? Yeah, but that was that's that's different though because that's like at the height of Six Sense and it's sort of in the vein of it. Like I could see him doing that. What about Hollow Man? Uh, hey, let's let's do a quick aside. You know, like they've always talked about Kevin Bacon being a good Freddy Krueger. Yay or nay? I can see it. I can. Too. I think that he could pull it off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. since uh, I don't think that the problem with the remake was uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, I no. I think it was that fucking CGI and then the way they wrote the character. But yeah. I think he could have been a decent Freddy Krueger. But I mean, that ship's kind of sailed. I think uh, he was the least of that movie's problems. Yeah, yes. but it's, unfortunately, though, it, a lot of it got pinned on him. You know, when you see fans talk about it, um, like the Which character, is crazy the character design right was horrible. Like him being Freddy Krueger, though. Could have worked if that character would have been written better and if you'd have had better fucking makeup. Yeah. Yep. We'll eventually get to that in 2026, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we weed out the cast, though, or we weed out the, uh, the number of people in the movie with the... Uh, the whole bar, like, let's go drink. And yeah, most of the characters they go are fucking characters that had nothing going on. Anyways, you didn't, they didn't have any scenes. They were just kind of background characters, but you do get like, what's a pretty main character that doesn't fucking come back. Yeah. Ned. Yeah. And he stays, Ned stays. Um, but it's a good way. Ned. Like I said, Ted, not Ned, yeah, Ned, Ned, Ted, Ted, Ted stays. Um, and it was a good way to get rid of a lot of people. That way, you know, you could focus on what's about to happen with the characters. So we weed it down and you get this big rainstorm and everything and all that. But what was your favorite character? Uh, you, and you had asked this earlier and I don't think I'd answered it. So let's circle back to it though. Aside from Ginny is what your question was, was who was your favorite character? Daniel. Yeah, I'll take this one. Um, I mean, I, I think the obvious one's Jenny, you know, like, cause the, you got the creep that was going after the, the chick. I can't remember her name. You said it the, earlier, the skinny dipper. Oh yeah. Didn't like that guy. You know, I, and the, I don't know. To you me, see more development through. Like, I think we, I think Jeff. we may need to revisit the question though. Cause I don't think Daniel, I'm not Jeff. Heard it. Because <laughs> I said, aside from Ginny, who's your favorite? He's like, well, who is Ginny? Oh, my bad. I forgot <laughs> about that. So, aside from Ginny, Daniel, who's your favorite character? Uh, that, then it would have to be, um, what the fuck's this, the Paul? Because you get more with him. He's not just the goofball. He's not the predator. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so I think that their scenes aside from Jenny. What what about you, Josh? I've got one in mind. <clears throat> Honestly, it's it's a cop out answer because like like we were talking about earlier, like it's not like every character is given a scene to make the audience uh care for them. It just sort of happens. And, th- and that's so rare in these movies. 
take Mark. I think his name's no, not Mark. The uh, the guy who steals Terry's clothes. It's so funny because he's the pretty boy with no game. Like you never see that in a movie. Like this motherfucker looks like he came from a Abercrombie poster, but zero game. Like yeah. Negative game. And I just enjoy seeing a guy with no game who could easily just walk up to Terry and be like, what up? And, you know, how you doing? Instead, he's like, can I dance with your dog? Oh, yeah. Let me steal your clothes. And even Terry, she she doesn't have much of a character, but she is easy on the eyes. And then Ted just... This big old virgin who plays <laughs> video games, and and then you have Mark. He's handy capable, but he's training for the handy capable Olympics. He's training to be able to use some goddamn legs again. I think we know it. Yeah, I think we know what Mark was training for. He's getting ready to go down. Somebody. <laughs> he was training that job, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> One, one way yeah, or the other, make that. Mark was getting some action. Yeah. And, and doesn't even like you were talking about the other guy, you know, like not having any game. Fucking Mark is just, he's there and like everybody wants to be with fucking Mark. Dude, apparently Mark's the man, I guess. Well, he does have a, a likable character. I mean, he, you know, <coughs> he has some scenes. Um, He's, that that character could have been written a different way, um, especially when you have a character that was like when you have him in a wheelchair like that. Because like go back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, when oh my god, and the fucking names are going to escape me. Um, oh, the whiny one who was in the wheelchair and chainsaw. I'm trying to help you out here. Uh, it's uh, what is it? It's going to bug me. God damn it. Somebody look it up on their phone. My phone's not around me. It's uh, da, 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 da. It's like on the tip of my tongue and I cannot. Franklin. Franklin. That's it. Yeah. So Franklin's like character was annoying as hell. And it was like, oh, woe is me. Everybody feels sorry for me. And Mark is the opposite. Mark's oh, like, well, come on. But Mark's like, yeah, you know what? I'm here, but I'm not always going to be here. Fuck you, Bone, though. What? Here's there's a difference between Franklin and Mark. Well, I just told you, yeah. One's fucking, uh, you know, <laughs> feeling sorry for himself, and the other one's like, no, I'm well, gonna, yeah, I'm a one of them. I'm nobody trained. wants to be around. Apparently, everybody wants Mark's dick, especially you would be Vicky. At least happy. She's the most, like, I guess for new terms, thirsty out of anybody oh. on that movie. Oh yeah, she is. She wants him she- so fucking much. She's like the opposite she's of it. she's like the opposite of the uh, the dude chasing Terry, except you know she's not stealing Mark's clothes. Yeah, she would. Oh yeah, she would. She a thousand percent would. I was gonna say though, I liked Jeff. I d- I like Jeff. Oh, John Travolta. Sandra. That's his. That's his. Oh yeah, Sandra. yeah, Sandra. Because Je- Jeff, I don't know. Jeff just seemed like he he kind of wanted to 
not get in trouble, but he kept getting drugged into it by his girlfriend and shit, you know, and he just seemed like a regular fucking dude. And he I plays the harmonica. And I, yeah, he had the harmonica and I like his little hat. You know, I like Jeff's character. He's like, he's like the character Kevin Bacon could have been. Yeah. You know, uh, so also, I, I, once you get rid of all the fucking characters, I really like the fucking thunderstorm. For like when it's fantastic, these, these kills start going down. Yeah, I love the rain. It looks good, and yeah, you know, look, we don't we don't do this on uh, this podcast. It's it's sort of another podcast thing, but uh, I'm gonna, you know, at the end of the day, if when we ever finish this big uh, project of these horror franchises mark's death would be top five for me yeah i was gonna get, actually get to that too i was gonna see what your favorite kill was in the movie but i was just gonna that, say before we jump to that though i just want to say like where the the weather had to it had to be like artificial right it wasn't like they filmed in a fucking storm or anything was it no it's because it just looked really. All the weather has to be artificial, right? I thought it looked really good. That's all I'm saying. It's like you see some fucking weather in some movies and it looks shitty. Yeah, you can tell it's and sprinklers and shit. Like, by Friday Thirteenth. <laughs> this just looked like a fucking like a legit ass monsoon come through. It just looked really good, and yeah, yeah. yeah the kill. I, I mean, I don't know why we couldn't rank the kills when we're done. I mean, we can rank the uh, characters. We can rank the kills. We can yeah, rank whatever movie. the fuck we want. Rank everything. But yeah, this movie, I'm with you. Mark's kill is like, it's such a good shot. We talked about how the first movie didn't have like any, to me, like any shots other than maybe like at the very end where Jason came out of the water that really stood out. You know, this one though, like Mark, after he gets hit with the machete, he rolls down the fucking stairs. And and the fate to white, that's like, I don't know. Even Friday Thirteenth, the original, did a fade to white. So I guess like maybe Minor was given a wink and a nod to Cunningham, but I love it. Here's I fucking love it. I love the fade to white. So here we go. I'm about to tie this shit back to the Simpsons for you too. Only thing that could have made that better, Star Wipe. <laughs> There's other wipes besides Star Wipes, Dad. I said Star Wipe. <laughs> Was that the dating profile? Yeah, for Ned. No. Yeah. All right, now Star Wipe to Ned doing this. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Sexy Flanders. <laughs> That's what we say about you when you're not around, Daniel. Stupid, sexy Daniel. No, stupid, sexy Sanders. Oh, yeah, hey. that's it. That's close to Flanders. That's very close. Daniel, what's wait. your favorite kill? Or no, wait a minute. Let me re-ask the question. I mean, Hold I on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me re-ask it. Stupid sexy Sanders, what was your favorite kill? <laughs> like, it's crazy because Mark's kill is the one that I think of immediately. Like, I'm reminded of the other kills. You know, it's like, oh, the backwards machete. And then the fucking <laughs> the backwards through the machete. bed, yeah. Well, you know, Mark gets when the blade hits Mark, it's backwards. Oh, is it? I believe so. 
I want to say it was when he goes down the stairs. And that always bugged me. Was the fucking backwards machete. Yeah. I know y'all don't watch anime, but it always reminds me of uh, Samurai X. Um, I and There's a the, the character's name, and I know I will butcher it. It's like <clears throat> Rurouni Kenshin or some shit like that. But, and this is why it reminds me of that. He, he is a, he's like a, a wandering samurai or mercenary or some shit. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen the movie. I didn't watch the series. But he had swore off killing. And so his sword is blunted or it's dulled on the front side where it's normally sharp. So the curved part. Yeah. But the inside is sharpened like the backside of a machete. Yeah. here so that's what it always just makes me think of Samurai X because of that because like, his uh, fucking sword was sharpened on the inside and dull on the outside of the blade <coughs> and which you know whatever but so yeah we all like we all like the same kill and the other kills were good I mean um, fucking uh, the predator or whatever Daniel called him you know getting fucking hung upside down in that uh, snare trap, whatever it was. Yeah. And then getting his throat slit. It was, yep. fucking, it was good. Excuse now, me. Was that, was that a Jason device or a Paul device? Hmm. I mean, I feel like it would probably be Jason. Because Paul would have delegated that task. <laughs> he wouldn't have done that shit himself. And... Uh, none of these other guys really. No, you know what? You're, it's probably Steve Christie. Th- That's could, what I'm thinking. Could be, or it could be. Look, it could have been that dude's Alice's own mom. No, I was gonna say it could have been that one dude's own trap. You know, the one who got caught in it. And I wish we fucking remembered his name because it could have been an elaborate plan on his part in his effort. Because you already said he has no game to fucking get Terry to feel sorry for him. Yeah. That way she'll. I don't know, miraculously have sex with him, that he gets caught in his trap and he's hanging upside down. He's like, oh my God, look what's happened. Help me, Terry. And like, she feels sorry for him. He's like, oh my God, I'll sleep with you. And, you know, and then it backfires on him and he gets murdered. Or maybe, or maybe he was hoping to catch Terry in the trap because he's like fucking Pepe Le Pew and he forgot that it was there and then he steps in it. It's his trap. That's my that's my guess. I'm gonna go with Steve Christie. <laughs> Steve Christie. <laughs> He's sab- sabotaging the other camp because he knows it's better yeah. staffed and better trained. Yeah. Yep. Now, that's what he was see, doing the whole fucking day he was gone, booby trapping the other camp. Exactly. See, now he's gonna be living in the woods as well, <laughs> plotting his revenge for successful camps. Well, Steve Christie had it all planned out. We discussed it last episode. He was going to burn down that camp, collect it for the insurance and open up mattress firms, launder the money. Yeah. And ride off you into the sunset. Like brown panties. Oh, <laughs> it's funny. Cause she Six takes the black lacy panties off. Yeah. She said, the ones she was wearing some were brown, better. Shiny granny panties. Yeah. And then, uh, Decides that, like, hey, you know, Mark's about to go down on me. Let me fucking spray something down here. It's going to leave a bad taste in his mouth. Like, I get that you're trying to smell good, but nobody's trying to lick some fucking perfume. No. Damn, it's going to sting your tongue. Like, I'm sure we've all, when we put on cologne, have gotten some in our mouth before, and you're like, ugh. 
I can't imagine the perfume tastes any fucking better. Luckily, both of them didn't have to worry with that. Dude, oh man. What, um, I'm trying to fucking remember. How'd she die? He stabbed her. He first stabbed her in the leg, didn't he? I'm just drawing a blank because, you know, when you have a death as memorable as Mark's and the the fucking sexual predator getting caught in a snare trap, you know, it's it's hard to remember things. She got stabbed. Daniel says she got stupid sexy Sanders said she got stabbed. Yeah, she got originally stabbed in the leg and then she fell into like the corner. And Jason slowly came at her with the uh, knife, and you see like, very he has slowly, a big bruise on his thumb. Like for some reason, that just sticks out. So it was probably you're, what you're saying is it wasn't uh, Warren. What you say his name was Gillette? Yeah, you're saying it was the other Jason, most likely. Then oh no, it wasn't the blue blood. It wasn't the, pretty boy Jason. The clean thumbnail. Yeah, <laughs> with the manicure. Yeah. Exactly. And it's funny because that bruise makes that another memorable kill that sticks in my mind. But it's because of the bruised thumb. It's not because of the type of kill. Because he just walks slowly in a position of stabbing. And she just screams for 10 seconds. That's right. Yeah, because she doesn't fucking run. Yeah. Um, You are not misreading his posture at all. He's going to stab (laughs) you. There's no risk worth it. Oh, man. A reward worth it. Oh, my God. I had it written down, too. What was was her name? Um, The one that got... She fucking sat there and just watched it happen. Vicky? That's it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because I had it in my notes. Why doesn't Vicky run? Because she just watches him come up. It's like... How do you think Ted would have died if his drunk ass would have came back after not scoring with the bartender? Ted would have probably not even been killed by Jason. He would have probably tripped and fell and broke his neck. He would have probably fell down the steps that Paul rolled down after he got his head fucking sliced open. Ted would have fell down him accidentally. I feel like if this was made in like 2006... Jason would have shoved one of those video game cartridges oh, oh, down his fucking throat. Yeah, yep. yeah. If Freddy Krueger had killed him, he'd have turned him into a Game Boy and yeah. took the batteries out of him or some shit. <laughs> if it was Freddy Krueger, he would have killed someone <laughs> else with those video games and been like, "They're Neds. He don't mind." So how you know, bitch? Ned or Ted? I think it's Ned. I don't know why the fuck you've been saying Ted because Josh said Ted. I don't. I like. I'm Ted Cherno. I'm just going to have to fucking... Ted, right? I thought... I don't know, because I, I thought it was Ned, and then I thought it was Ted, and I'm just going with the flow. Well, hey, you know what? Daniel's looking at his notes. We'll just fucking do the Daniel cashes in his two cents. All right. I was looking for something and half paying attention. Oh, did y'all but, notice yeah. they called Mark... The guy in the wheelchair scooter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff called it that, huh? <laughs> All right, I got something. All right. The search for muffin ends quickly when the condition for skinny dipping presents itself perfectly. 
Back at the house, Mark arm wrestles Jeff, and Jeff's girl has him go upstairs for some wrestling with her. Mark is propositioned for sex through video games. Oh, I thought you were showing me your notes to fucking read. I was going to say, I don't know. No, I was just flipping <laughs> I can barely read my writing, much less somebody else's. Hey, yeah, you know what, continue. though? Um, you know what else is a, a fucking likable quality about Paul since Daniel said that was his favorite character? Paul is worried about the quality of his dope. At one point, that is oh, funny. Because yeah. he's like, wait a minute. These guys have got better dope than I do. So you can't get mad at it because then he's like, well, I need to see if these kids can get me some of this shit. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, I got I get this right down here, too. Like another cool shot in the movie that I liked was uh, when Jason rises out of the bed. And that's when Vicky, that's that's where I got it right here. Jason yeah. rises out of the fucking bed. Vicky sees this shit. It then stands there and waits to be killed. She yeah. didn't run. It's well, like, she, oh, shit. She, did, she does get cut on the leg. Because yeah. she sat there and watched this fucker rise out of the bed like the Undertaker. Well, she was hoping that uh, Jesus has performed a miracle on Mark. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah. So, you fucking... We got all these people dead now, right? And Paul and Jenny come back. And I guess this was always... This might have been, like... I guess something I kind of took umbrage with in part two was... Jenny was removed from the movie for the majority of, or not the majority, but she was removed from it for the majority to kill. So she's, it's, now, you know, at the end she does like, show some ingenuity. It's like in part three though. She shows some ingenuity and stuff, but you know, she's out getting fucking drunk the most of the night. Yeah, but. And then, um, and then, you know, they roll back into town, they come back, you know, her and Paul and then see like buckets. And this is what I was getting at the, yeah, aside from them not being there, but she survives in large part just because she's not there. But then when she does get back, her and Paul see all this fucking blood and don't react to it. Well, they're just like, they're thinking hmm. it's a prank. It's like, Paul should have known better. I'm sure he had a good idea of what fucking supplies he had in house. Could have been ketchup. Yeah. And, and and he ran a tight Paul ship. knows menstruation blood. He should have been able to point that out pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> I do like how uh, Jeff and Sandra found like a a mutilated dog that looks like Muffin. How many Muffin dogs are out in the woods? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Should we tell Terry? And they're like, no. I'm like, yeah, you guys are assholes. Well, Jeff, let's be real. Jeff probably wanted to say something. And Sandra's like, no, let's not fucking tell her. I don't want you talking to Terry. I see the way you look at her. Or, you know, whatever. I mean, poor Jeff is just like being controlled the whole movie. I mean, seriously, she does get him in trouble. Yeah. Like. Because he didn't want to fucking go to camp. He didn't want to go to Camp Blood. Nope. That was in my no. notes. He wasn't about that Camp Blood shit at all. That's no. right. So he'd have been staying in town. Yeah. He, he got killed. Was, he would have lived if it wouldn't have been for his girlfriend. Well, yep. Sandra also wanted to, you know, to do the nasty. Like, maybe one of them would have lived if they wouldn't, 
mid-coitus. But they would have they would have got to gone out that night, and they would have went because you could you tell you could tell they wanted to go. Had she oh, yeah. not drawn him off to fucking Camp Crystal Lake to go, you know, look at shit. Exactly. You know, if if we're gonna be honest, Sandra's worse than Jason. I mean, I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. Because even whenever for the time whenever they do get killed, you know, she sees him and she specifically holds him over her to try <laughs> yeah. to shield herself. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, she's not, she's not the only one, one though. Like, because when Paul gets attacked by fucking Jason, Jenny doesn't do anything to fucking help him. Nope. That's Jason that's was why, just playing with Paul's yeah, ass. I told you, man. That's why fucking Paul <laughs> left town, dude. He's not dead. He's yeah, just tired of Jenny's said. shit. Yeah. Like, bitch, I saw what happened when Jason was attacking me and you did nothing to fucking help, but you expect me to come and save you all the goddamn time? Nope. See ya. Let's. As, you know, somebody I used to work with said all the time, like, kick rocks. Fucking <laughs> like yep. left. Speaking of which, there are two, you know, Actually, pretty creepy scenes in this movie. And one of them is when Jenny and Paul get back. And and again, the props to Steve Miner, because Jesus, I could only imagine how Cunningham would have directed this. But they go into a dark room and they're sort of, and as soon as they get there, like Jenny just sort of, she's like, I think there's somebody in the room. Yeah. And, sort of, and the camera sort of, you see the dark room and it sort of pans to the right and you see Jason's outline, you know. And then Jenny screams, Paul, there's somebody in this fucking room. That's legit creepy. That is creepy. That I is like creepy. the touch. And, yeah. And the second thing is when Jenny finally does get into uh, Jason's shack. And this entire chase sequence is just so well done. Like from the minute it's her mano a mano. And she gets into the shack and there's like this little window. It just in the background, you see Jason running up, but Jeannie doesn't know that, but you as an audience see it. Like this franchise Every other franchise does not take advantage of, like, the audience seeing the monster before the character does. And it's so effective when it does happen. Obviously, she sees him as soon as he, like, you know, gets close enough to where she could do her thing. But I don't know. It's just, it's good. Yeah. Very good. You know, I there for a minute. I thought she was gonna be like, "Man, it was creepy how her piece of shit car still didn't fucking work." I like the fact that there was some but continuity. Set that up. I know that's what I was gonna say. I wasn't not. <laughs> I was just trying to segue to that because I wanted to bring that up. Is it was set up and it come back and it was because a lot of times you just see like a cars will be working fine. The whole fucking movie, like when we when we did talked about them, no, not them, Tarantula. It was in Tarantula. I remember, dude's car worked fine the entire fucking movie. And this is a movie shot in like. What was it, 55 or 54 or something like that? And then, like, at the very end, all of a sudden his car doesn't work, and these dudes that stayed behind get killed yeah. by the tarantula. And they did that in like horror movies in the 80s, where like these cars that worked the entire fucking movie now don't work. 
Jenny's car was a piece of shit from the jump. And so like when it didn't fucking work, it wasn't like you didn't feel like it was cheap. Like it wasn't earned. Right. Yeah. Like it was set up, like you said. So when it happened, you're like, oh, that piece of shit car is coming back to haunt her. She used her one good crank at the bar coming home. Thank well, you. Oh, go ahead. Well, when I was gonna, sorry, I was gonna mention this when we were talking about like our ratings, but you know, you can easily dismiss this movie as a cheap B movie, a cheap sequel. But this script, um, is pretty fucking tight though, because like they even set up the chainsaw. Well, like you. Since you're talking about things being set up and things, you know, being like paying off, yeah, paying off and stuff like that. And I just wanted, like, there's still like a, a level of realism to these first few movies because Jason hasn't become a zombie yet. Um, and I was gonna say it jokingly, but since you're you're kind of in this area now, I'll say it now too. Um, like Jason's not impervious to a nut shot either because he gets kicked square in the nuts and reacts to it like a regular ass man would. Yeah. Like, you know, so like, that was kind of cool because Jason at, in this, at this point and in this movie is still like a regular dude, right? A regular self. Specifically this movie. Yeah. A regular self-taught genius living in the woods. But, you know, he runs. He's is not like just constantly walking. He's like there's logic to like all the shit he's doing. For the most part, like it, at least it's believable, like when he plants these bodies and like when Mrs. Voorhees done it. Yeah, but it, they do set a lot of things up. Like whenever um, we first see his little shack, when the lawman goes in there, and there's a map of the woods. I like that touch. You know, fucking Jason apparently studied with Bus- he studied with Buster Bluth. Yeah, cartography. There was a map yeah. of the woods. Yeah, there there's a map of the woods in the area. Tied it to the rest of the development, also. Obviously, the land, or obviously, all this blue is land. So, obviously, Jason's gene parmesan. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, yeah, that you know what? The fucking the lawman, too, just fucking rummaging around in Jason's house. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's somebody that fucking lives there, and you're just in there touching shit and messing with stuff. No, he didn't really do that. He, because I put it on today when I was sort of writing my notes. Because it's been a while since, uh, because of our schedules, I watched this maybe like a month ago. Even though I, I tend to put it on in the background, like yeah, it's been about that long for me too. Yeah, but I was noticing when when the sheriff comes in there or the lawman, uh. Yeah, it, it. I don't know. Like he, he's walking around, and then he's getting freaked out by like boards falling. But if you want to talk about like <clears throat> Mark's kill being the best, which it is, we've all kind of agreed on this lawman. His death, you don't see anything, but it's kind of hardcore. Because it's the back end of a hammer to his fucking skull. Yeah. Which, ugh. Well, I do like how this lawman is just completely flabbergasted 
by a stream. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God damn it. I knew he would do this. <laughs> you could tell this actor did not want to run. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they're probably wary of putting somebody on a motorcycle after the last movie. He was like, fuck you. Get a stunt double for this running shit. Hey, so... Because I cut you off and it you know, wasn't my intention. But like, what was you saying about the chainsaw and how it was set up? No, well, you see, you see Jenny using it earlier. Yeah. And then she puts it up. And obviously, like, when she's attacking Jason, and Jason is just, he is just Steve Urkel in this movie. He's just falling over. He's just a goofball. Yeah. And then it stops. Well, they'd set it up that she had used it. She, they set up the child psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they they set up so many things. And maybe I just mentioned them all. <laughs> but it pays off. Like, I've got in my notes so that Jason seemed unreasonably terrified of that chainsaw. Oh, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know his like, mama whooped him with hard a, with a chainsaw. Yeah, I was going to say, just beat him with chainsaw blades. Yeah. Just a chainsaw. Not turned on. Just beat <laughs> the shit out of that little fucker. Yeah. Hey, so... I didn't. Uh, we didn't talk about him at all, and I'm going to bring it back now, um, and just kind of in a joking manner, though, since we talked so much about this other guy being a peeping tom. But um, uh, crazy, Ralph, crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph. That's who I was talking about. Crazy Ralph. So, yeah. like, that's going to be that character's dad, right? Because you know, Crazy Ralph is fucking peeping in this movie. Yeah, or at least his crazy uncle. This dude's uh, peeping Terry in this movie. Yep. I mean, the peeping doesn't fall far from the peeper. Did y'all notice how crazy Ralph died? Um, yeah, they got strangled. No, he died on Thursday the 12th. Well, crazy Ralph is getting his rocks off. Peeping. Yeah. Peeping. And he's, his back's to a tree. A tree that does not stop at his... Yeah top of his head and then all of a sudden Jason throws a like a rope gurney or something and this was like, I thought he got his neck yeah I thought he got strangled but I see where you're going now yeah but how did yeah how was it physically possible on a tall tree yeah I don't know it kind of blows my mind like well, it's the same it's the same physics like for everything they did right there were some flubs like that and then like Terry you know Already having wet hair when she was going into the lake for the first time, supposedly. Yeah. Even though we just saw her hair fucking dry as hell. That's right. And then Crazy Ralph, you know, Jason's apparently throwing this uh, thing over this 20-foot tree. Well, speaking of Terry. And uh, what was her creeper's name? I, I don't remember. We already forgot it. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot the guy's name. But he shoots her in the butt with a pebble. Oh, yeah. yeah. With a slingshot. And Terry grabs the wrong cheek. And then they, the way God, he poses. Yeah, I that. didn't notice that. I mean. No, what? he shoots her in the left cheek. She grabs her right. Did you tell what Josh was focused uh, on? Yeah, yeah. Josh is all about these cheeks. Like, oh, wait a minute. This, is, this isn't this is right. She just got shot in the left cheek. I'm going to be honest with you. Terry Josh, who doesn't show. aim for the hole? 
Yeah. I did I, I did make a note about that though, like who the fuck uses a slingshot? But the way he poses with this thing afterwards is hilarious. Dennis the Menace? No, I know. Yeah, he's like he just like dangling it, just posing. It's fucking hilarious. So um yeah the I do like I thought the ending was very was done. It was cool, you know, like where like Jason apparently has, you know, mommy issues, whatever. He's got her fucking severed head in his shed in her sweater also for some reason. Yeah. And then, you know, Jenny's like, like you said, the child psychology and everything. Let me throw the sweater on and just makes one fucking like blunder when, you know, she steps up to attack Jason and he sees his mom's head. Yeah. But I, I thought that was really cool. Like that was a good final scene. And I like the shack. I'm I'm disappointed the shack never came back. Never comes back. You, it's that's you, surprising. Yeah, because you get a like like I said at this point, and even in part three, like Jason's still a dude. <coughs> in part four, you know, he's still just a regular fucking dude, right? But and this is the only movie where you get a glimpse of like how he's living. The remake. Well, I'm talking about in the original movies. Yeah, uh, the ones people enjoy, uh, but uh, but yeah, this is the only one where you get kind of that glimpse behind the curtain, you know, like MTV Cribs featuring Jason Voorhees. He would, he, yo, dog, this is my toilet. He would be like <laughs> the the Red Man episode. I and I didn't watch Cribs, but I saw that come on. I don't know if y'all ever saw that. I've uh, saw a few episodes. Dude, fucking Red Man was like in a regular ass house. And he like takes him back to his bedroom, and it's just like I said, this is just like a regular fucking house, like that you would see, you know, and just not even like as nice as your house, like it's just like um, it's like a house like 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 my old house on like Pine Hill Circle. Yeah, just the house, just a regular fucking house, and he like has him come back to like his bedroom or whatever. He's got like a TV on the ground, you know, just like an old uh, CRT television, like yeah. a tube television. And he's like, yeah, this is uh, this is where I iron my clothes and shit. And he starts ironing fucking clothes while he's watching TV. That's hilarious. <laughs> like all these other episodes of Cribs, man. These people are these fucking like mansions or shit. And they're like, yeah, yeah check this out. And Lavish Red living. Redman's is like, nah, check this out. <laughs> like, yeah, I like to watch TV, iron my clothes. Um. But yeah, it is but, a shame that uh, to, um, agreeing with what you said, it is a shame that they took away the um, shack. But you get like, you get like this one last thing of a uh, Paul comes back one last time to fucking save her, though, even yeah. though she has done nothing to fucking help Paul. Yeah, he keeps trying to help her out, and it's probably after this last moment where you know Paul finally, finally clicks with Paul. You know, sometimes it takes people longer than it needs to to realize they're in a toxic relationship and it took Paul like three near-death experiences to be like hmm maybe I need to get the fuck out you know it's we you know the differences in filmmakers and the differences in scripts honestly Victor Miller you know we raked him over the coals last episode but you know, the first time we actually get to see Jason in this movie is like 
around an hour, yeah. five minutes in. Because you still have point of view shots yeah. going on in this movie to like it's still, hide. It's, it still works because yeah, it's not a a who done it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, they they set up Jason as a killer at the very beginning when they have the little uh, campfire tell, you know, where, where Paul's kind of not. Yeah, Paul's laying it out there for him. Yeah, obviously it's uh, so Ted can run out there in like his beef squatch outfit and scare everybody. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, you, you're kind of like you you already know basically that Jason's a killer. By the way, it was set up. But the whole point of view is because you don't know what Jason looks like. What would somebody that's supposedly drowning in a lake look like? How would this person be? And like I said, obviously he got his clothes from the co-op. And the co the co-op section from um, Goodwill. But yeah, he uh, the farmers look. But I mean, we're we're kind of like there at the end now, though, um, with the movie and. I mean, it's no surprise. We've, we've all said throughout this whole thing that this one was a better movie than the first one. So it's it's not a matter of, like, which one do you like better. It's a matter of, like, how do you feel about this movie on the whole and what would you rate it? Um, and what are your thoughts on it? And I'll, I'll start this one off and then let you guys jump in. Um, for me, it's it's a vast improvement over the first movie. It's They're, they're night and day. It's like you said, you know, Steve Miner compared to Sean Cunningham. Uh, this script compared to the previous script. Everything is just better. It's a it's a better movie. It's better filmed. Has better characters. Has a better final girl. Has um, a better story. Uh, did I say better kills? Because if I didn't, or if I did, I'll say it again. Better kills. Like, um, which is saying something. Yeah, Savini. Well, I mean, kills to special effects, like, you know, which I would say the special effects in this no, movie. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I was agreeing with you. Yeah. I was, um, yeah. And thankfully, Savini gets a chance to come back and um, actually do some real, like, probably has, well, no, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'm not going to say it now. Um, but just better kills on the whole. Like, the, the Mark death is better than any kill to me that happened in the first movie. Um and look, I mean, I get like the special effects on the Kevin Bacon kill were cool. Like the arrow coming through the throat is cool and stuff. But like, there's so many things like with that one, like was Jason under the bed? I think we talked about it like under the bed the whole time they were fucking, you know, they didn't notice this dude. They didn't notice like it's a cool visual. But Paul or not Paul, but Mark's kill is just better. Uh, I like how it's just. My bad. You're doing your thing. I was just say I liked how quick it was. Yeah. With him. Yeah, and then like I said, the most effective thing about the kill was him rolling down the yeah. stairs. Um. But like this is to me, this is where the franchise starts. Um. You know, I know Friday Thirteenth Part One is technically the beginning, but this is where it starts. This is where, and I. I think if most people were being honest with themselves too, they would kind of say the same thing. The Friday 13th that you know and love starts with part two. Um, everything that you like about the franchise franchise kind of starts here. Uh, Jason, 
as the villain, despite what fucking Cunningham and Victor Miller wanted is much more interesting. And, you know, and then even when he becomes a fucking zombie, it's still, because at that point you're like watching a Frankenstein movie, but still it's, it's more, you get like one of the, this movie, you get one of like the all time great horror villains, you know, obviously, because we're talking about him as part of this, this group of four. Um, and I think that part two is uh, is the beginning of like a run of Friday the 13th movies that are going to be at the peak for me. And I'm, I feel like it's probably the peak for you guys when you go like two, three, four. And then I know, and for me, six. I don't hate five, but five's not on the, the quality. It's not the same as those four. Um, but that's a pretty solid fucking run. And, you know, that first movie could have been as good as like the next two or three, then, you know, it, it'd have been a different conversation is like what, which one of these franchises had the best, like first three movies or best first two movies or however you want to pair it off. Yeah. But anyways, I, um, I, I give it a three out of a five. Cause I think, um, it, it's, um, and I know people will just be like, oh, it's just a horror movie and blah, blah, blah. But to me, it's a good movie. Um, you know, it's a good movie that, you know, was aside from like the first 12 minutes that, you know, kind of jog on, it was tightly written and did what it needed to do. And like you said, it, it set things up and then those setups paid off. It wasn't like. You didn't just see shit and then nothing happened because of it. You didn't, it wasn't a bunch of cheesy one-liners. It wasn't a bunch of goofy shit happening. Like these franchises fall victim to later on. Like it was a good quality horror movie. Yeah. Daniel. Where I land with it. And bone, I almost interrupted your final thoughts. So this is what I was thinking when you were talking about that. Was um, stupid, sexy Sanders. Yeah. That I think that what you were saying goes for a lot of people where let's just say that they were like, Hey, what's let's just say someone were to say, let's watch Friday the 13th. You know, let's just say it's new kids. Yeah. Whatever. You know, like what I check out these, they see Jason everywhere, but they've never watched the shit. And then they look into it. Jason didn't start till the second movie. So a lot of people would go there and especially the people that grew up with it. You know, if you're like, look, I want to watch Jason kill a few people. They might start. The, and a lot of people would probably start the third one as well because of the mask. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but you're right. Like whenever I would think about doing it, I started to normally if I'm going to watch a few, but I really, really like to, a lot. And, uh, it's funny cause we did lose a few elements from Jason with this one. Cause even in the next one, he's way more like deformed, you know, whenever they unmask him. Well, I think in the third one, they tried to get him to look more like what he did at the end of part one. Yeah. To resemble that character, which I yeah. actually, like because in I do too because that's one of my always one of my hangups about these this series of movies was the lack of continuity yeah. on some things but in this case like 
the continuity between the way he looked at end of part one to the way he looked in part three. Yeah. But, you know, we lost the, the old shack. We lost crazy Ralph. We lost a few things along the way, but I really, really like this one in the series. And I gave it, which is probably going to be a surprise for you, uh, a four and a half. Nice. Four and a half stars out of five, that is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just feel like that there was like an, like an all-time classic to me, and Josh gave a five, and you gave like a three. Yeah. <laughs> just, my ranking's all over the place. No, I dig it. I dig it. I dig the ranking. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, there's not much to be said that – you guys haven't said this movie is the template for the franchise. Um, I know 1981, uh, the genre was sort of losing steam, but to me, to me, who's not a, I'm not a historian. This is the template for slasher movies. Almost. Um, thank God, Steve Miner, uh, him, this movie. Thank God they brought back uh, Manfredini, uh, Carl Fullerton. I think who did the makeup. Like everything, just clicked with this movie. Um, because what we got in the first one, um, you know, that could have been a one and done, but the fact that they did come back and. Thank God that bringing Jason deterred Cunningham and Miller from coming back to this franchise because it wouldn't have been this good. This, you know, this is a seminal slasher movie. It really is. Um, tight script. Minor moves the camera when he needs to move the camera. The characters are believable. They shine even without a, a specific scenes for them to shine in. Um, you know, and, you know, even with the first one, so far the acting hasn't been bad. You know, they're still pulling from a talented region of actors. Um yeah, this movie, I love this movie. This movie fucking slaps. Uh, I was leaning four and a half to Daniel. I'm a, but I'm not. I'm a, I'm a go four. Uh, the MPAA did just fucking cut this movie to shit. Yeah. And Jason is kind of a doofus. He falls over in the chair. Yeah. He looks like a little bitch with the chainsaw. And we haven't mentioned it, but Jenny is surviving Jason this entire third act. And she's yeah. fucking drunk out of her mind. I mean, she's pissing herself. She's so scared. Yeah, I know, right? Under her bed. Uh, so I'm going I'm to knock it off there. You know, just if Jason... 
The MPAA, this movie can't help that. If Jason wasn't so goofy, I'd have gone four and a half. It's... But the fact that I was wrestling between four and four and a half, I mean, in terms of straight slasher movie, it's goddamn near perfect. Yeah. It really is. Because even with the lore behind this, you know, scary creature, mm-hmm. when they're at the campfire, he's just... Let me get it out there. Yep. And there it's done. I don't want to hear any more about it, but we all just learned a little bit more about what he came from. And then it's like, let's do our thing. It's funny. I have in my notes that whole scene because it's set up. It's a beautiful scene because it sets up. It's a very good scene. So it sets up like the big scare, which is a fake scare. And I love how nobody noticed that Ted wasn't around because Ted was the guy in like the mask. Yeah. Like the whole campfire was like, thank God fucking Ted's not here. <laughs> oh my God. Ted, the precursor to Shelly. Yeah, he really is. But I would kill to see a movie with them two as being best friends. <laughs> yeah. Just one last thing about continuity, though. There's no fucking continuity in Jason's clothing. That bugs me because, like, these next three movies take place over, like, a what, two, three day a period? Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And, but Jason apparently, in aside from his, you know, studies, has amassed quite the wardrobe. Yeah. He's also cut his hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was shaved it too. He's got to keep it shaved. Yeah. And that's a job. I didn't see no mirrors in that shack. Well, that's because the cop smashed him up when he was in there. Uh, Fuck you. Trying to look better than the rest of us. Be smarter. Oh, yeah. Not on my watch. Yeah. Smashing mirrors. Red Dragon. Or Manhunter. Yeah. Great Thomas Harris book. Great Michael Mann movie. Never mind. I digress. Did you read Red Dragon? I did. Last year. Oh, I, I thought you'd read it. Well, when you had said the book, I just assumed you'd read it before. So which ones of those did, did you read Silence of the Lambs? I'm assuming you did. No, no. That's that's the only Thomas Harris Hannibal Lecter book I read. No, Silence of the Lambs is good. Yeah, I wouldn't mind reading it. You know the guy, he wrote, he wrote Thomas Harris. I don't know if he's from Mississippi, but he wrote Red Dragon while staying in the Delta. I thought he was from Mississippi. I may be wrong. He, I think he is from Mississippi. Yes. Like, yeah. Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs were really good books. Um, I would say Hannibal wasn't horrible, but Hannibal's, Hannibal is kind of like, um, to me, like The Lost World when Michael Crichton wrote it. Like it was mm-hmm. written as a sequel. It was meant to be a screenplay. Like yeah. you're writing it knowing it's being made into a movie. Now, Hannibal Rising... I didn't make it through that at all. I stopped reading it. I was bored. Yeah. I No, I'll, I'll read Silence of the Lambs. But uh, speaking of this, since we're going off on a tangent, I had meant to, to say this at the end of the podcast. Uh, you know, on this podcast, we do uh, the bare minimum. Whatever the minimum is, we're just above it. So when we do these year podcasts 
and we've only done two, I think 89 and 94. It's not like we go back and revisit lost albums <laughs> or we, or we watch every movie from that year. Yeah. But I just want to say that I want to make an, an, an amendum, um, to my 1994 album list. Uh, so I guess this is like a recommendation kind of, but I've recently started, you know, I make this playlist and I'm going through these, these bands and I've slept on this group for 25 years. I didn't take them serious at all. And then I listened to this 1994 release and I'd listened to two of their other albums, uh, they came out prior to this. But I have to say, if I had to redo my 1994 list, this wouldn't be number one, but it would crack the top five. And that is Beastie Boys' Ill Communication. That fucking album is so good. And it's so diverse. Like, I just recently listened to um, License to Ill, Paul's Boutique, and Ill Communication by Beastie Boys. And I'm telling you, do yourself a favor. Listen to Ill Communication. It's diverse. It's got a little bit of punk. It's got a little bit of jazz. It's got a little bit of hip hop. It's good shit. I just wanted to make that amendment because I would have felt, I don't know. Just wanted to put that out there. Beastie right. Boys Ill Communication. Hey, speaking of music, I, I, know, I don't think y'all listen to them as much as I do, but you know, Mastodon has a new album out and they released an acoustic version of uh, their latest single tear drinker. Like y'all should check that out. That. That's pretty good. I like, I enjoyed that acoustic version, which I like the, the regular song too, but that acoustic version. Is it new? Yeah. Like the, like, yeah, they've got like a new album that either came out late. Uh, it was either like late uh, 2021 or, early 2022 or something like that. And then they did an acoustic version of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It popped I'll up have to check that out. It popped up on my iTunes recommendation. Like though they, they had, I think theirs was 2022 and I think Gojira had their album come out in 2021. Okay. But you know, Is uh, that good? um, I gotta go back and listen to it some more. I, I mean, I like Gojira. Um, I don't, I, I'd have to look it up and tell you what my favorite album was. It's not the album with the song Stranded. I think when most people think of Gajira, they think of Stranded. That's like the main they're song. They're French, aren't they? I think they're French. Uh, yeah, they're, it's French or I think it is French. Um, Guess who's got a solo album out? Well, I was going to say real quick, though. Uh, Mastodon also did a cover of Stairway to Heaven. If you haven't heard that, it was pretty good. I don't think I've heard anything from either one of those bands. Covering Stairway... The balls. Well, they had a, I think there was like a, a friend of the band or like a member or whatever, not like a band member, but you know, like a part of the, whatever you call it, the the people that work with them when they're on tour or whatever. Um, Roadies? I don't know if it's ready, but yeah, I think technician. Like, yeah, technician. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, it might've been, um, but I think somebody close to him had died. Um, and so they okay. did it like as a 
the tribute song. It wasn't like, like, hey, you know, we're covering Led Zeppelin. It was like, hey, here's this uh, in response to this, whatever. But yeah, who who's got a single? Kirk Hammett. That's crazy. It's like a little EP. It's like six songs. I, w- I was just on iTunes today, and I looked up like um, just new music in, in the rock category. Yeah. I don't really check out alternative rock. And I saw it, and I'm like, holy shit, let me sample it. I didn't hear any singing. It might just be instrumental. It might not be. I don't know. But I didn't think Metallica allowed that. Now that I think that when they find out after they hear this episode, they're going to be <laughs> fucking furious. Apparently, that rule was only in place when Jason was in the band. Yeah. Because I remember he had said something about, like, you know, when he wanted to do, like, his side project and James had shut it down. And he's like, but you're showing up on Corrosion of Conformity Records. Like, you're doing shit on the side. Yeah. But anyways, it's uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. I think everybody would recommend watching it. Everybody enjoyed it. Loved it. Right? Yeah, so I loved it. I, I very much. The, um, I mean, me and Daniel loved it. I guess you kind of liked it. I, I told you I liked Barbarians, but I gave it a one. You, you know my ranking system. Um, Who's that? Is that the big dog? Well, whatever grunts they were making, you know, when they were supposed to be rescuing their their mom, and then it was like, no, let's have this orgy instead, and she had to watch. And yes, uh, you should I'm watch the barbarians. Um, what's next? What's the next movie, Josh? Oh, it's going to be Halloween 2. Halloween 2. What's after Halloween 2? I think it's Friday 13th Part 3. Okay. All right. And then for We still have like our little nightmare we can still cover. Yeah, yeah. We know. I was just trying to figure, I just want to know what's like next in like that sequence because I don't have it all chronologically mapped out like you do. So I need you to tell me. That's why I ask you at the every end of every episode. So I can make sure I watch the right movie next. We don't have to worry about Texas Chainsaw Massacre till 1986. After Friday 13th Part 3, it is either going to be Friday 4 or Nightmare. That's what I was wondering. When do we get to a Nightmare on Elm Street? That's what I just said. Halloween 3 is 1982. That that will be before. That's a... That'll be after Halloween. That is... Spoiler alert. Stupid Sexy Sanders. Favorite movie. What? <laughs> Halloween part three. Where did oh, you rank yeah, that on sure. the original list? 30th? I thought I could have, I'd have ranked it 47. <laughs> Hater? Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we do get our uh, little side because of our schedules being um, so jacked up. We do get little side things that we're going to be doing. So, uh, I, oh, know- I was talking about our three side thing. We, oh. we did pick a movie, three movies. Oh, yeah. Well, we're so wrapped up in this one, it's hard to fit anything in. Like, I'd like to fit a year in there. You know, we did two years, like you talked about, and I thought those were fun. I enjoyed those. I'd like to get another year, but in the interest of getting more content out, though, what I was going to say is um, we talked about this briefly when we uh, did The Barbarians. Is Like, you and Daniel are going to be covering some movies together, right? That's the plan, right? Yes, yeah, it's going to be a little side project. So all. what's yeah? That's it. That's what I was getting at. Thank you. What is it? Unveil yeah, it for the a, world. Yeah, 
Josh and Daniel go to hell. We'll be covering about four movies with just hell in the title. I think the first movie we're doing is, um, what was it, Daniel? Legend of Hell House. I'm looking forward to that because I haven't seen that movie. And, you know, listen to you guys talk about it. I'll probably check it out. Um, Legend of Hell House. And then uh, Josh and I got the uh, little cannon or... I titled it on the uh, on our feed as loose cannons. I don't know what we decided on, but I just went with that because it's so cheesy. I feel like it fit the movies. Um, so we we did uh, the barbarians first, and I think the next one that we're going to try to do is the plan. And you know, plans are subject to change, <laughs> but the next one we're going to talk about is a uh, firewalker, right? Yeah. And so, are we going to be able to get respect for that one? Uh, probably. All right. I'll, I'll holler at him. Yeah. He, well, I mean, he started it with us, so he should be on it. Like it'd, it'd be yeah. cool for him. I think it was, a. Uh, um, barbarians was a fun one. It was fun to talk about. It was fun to watch. Yeah. So we'll see how firewalker goes. Did you watch it, Daniel? No, I haven't watched it yet. You son of a bitch. I know. I still haven't. I watched the other one. The watch. Along, no, the watch along was uh Lionheart. It was after that. Did you watch Humanoids from the Deep? Humanoids, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I should, I need to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth watching. You should watching. watch that. Yeah. It is a good movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, I haven't listened to the episode because I want to watch the movie first and, and then, then uh, listen. I was going to say, Daniel and I are, um, we're in the middle of ours, too. We um, we did Creature from the Black Lagoon, and then we got um, Village of the Damned that I think we're going to, Probably be our next one we talk about, and then I think uh, after that we're gonna do Invisible Man, and it, it, that one may just be a three episode block uh, where we do some black and white ones, or we may do a we may do a fourth one. I don't know. We may do um, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers also. You look like a hobo. I think you look yeah, like Daniel. A, uh, so, all right, guys. Um, thank you. Thank everybody for listening. Um, appreciate it as always. Um, Look forward to seeing you back when we cover our next movie, whichever one that gets, whatever we release next, whatever. Look forward to you listening again. Uh, it's, it's nice to have all three of us here recording. Daniel, Josh, it was fun. Yes, very much so. I loved it. It was okay. All right. Well, anyways, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Toodles. Bye.